Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. You might be a people pleaser if you tend to feel guilty when you do actually have the nerve to say no, if you tend to prioritize other people's wants and needs, even at your own expense, you tend to keep your mouth shut and not rock the boat, and you feel like it's never your turn. Well, I am here to tell you that it is your turn now and you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are because there's nothing wrong with you. People pleasing is just a habit that we get into to cope with various things that at one time in our life were way too stressful to deal with. And so much like a class clown will learn to tell jokes, we learn to please other people. And I say we, because I have been there. So I am here in this podcast every week as your guide to an inner journey of liberation. Join me for this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 75 of Liberate Your People, Pleaser. I'm so excited to be with you again. 75 weeks now we've been doing this, so it's pretty exciting for me. Thank you for being here. So today it's a true confession episode. I'm going to tell you how I was being a hypocrite, and it really hit me just right between the eyes once I figured it out. So let me give you a little background. I have told myself my whole life, that I am not an athletic person. And because I'm not athletic, then, you know, other things fall in line with that. Like, so I don't like to exercise just for health, like to, you know, go jog or ride my bike or whatever, whatever, uh, for cardiovascular health or to condition my body or, you know, any of those things, but nor do I like to do it recreationally. Right. So I never want to go on a hike. Uh, as something to do in the afternoon. I never, in fact, I was on a whitewater rafting trip about, this has been five or six years ago now, in the Grand Canyon, which is an amazing experience. And most of the time we were on the water, but there were times that they would, you know, kind of dock the boats in certain spots and we could get off and the guides would take people on a hike. And I didn't go on any of them because I'm like, I'm not doing that. I don't trust my body for kind of what it can do um, physically and athletically. And I figured it'd be too hard. I'm in too bad a shape. I don't want to embarrass myself. Again, all this, like, I'm not good at that. That's not me. That's not what I do. So I would sit on the boat and, you know, read or whatever, while everybody else was off, which was kind of nice too, because it was a moment of solitude. The point isn't whether or not I took the hike. The point is why, because it supported that story of I'm not athletic. Well, then my other thing that adds on to that is when I have had times in my life, because of course, the older I get, the harder it is to ignore that I know this is not good for my body to not be exercising. So when I go to start to do something, you know, or realize, oh my gosh, I should be, you know, getting better cardiovascular health, you know, doing aerobic stuff and whatever, then I automatically think, well, then I should just use the gym in my apartment complex, or I should just go walk or, you know, do something that doesn't cost money um, because I don't know, this is part of why I was a hypocrite, right? So hang in there. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to spend money on it, I guess, because anyway, 
I didn't want to spend money on it. It was part of the shame and part of the cycle that kept me stuck because if I'm not athletic, I don't want to do things that, you know, you need to be athletic for, because I'm obviously not going to be good at it. And then why would I pay for that? Or if I am going to do something, then that whole, I should be able to figure it out myself. I mean, my God, there's a million YouTube videos. There's, you know, all kinds of access without paying for it to help your, you get your body in shape. So even if I'm going to just go make myself like through willpower, even though I don't think I'm athletic, I don't like athletic things, but by sheer willpower, because I know my body will stay healthy longer, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make myself do it in a way that doesn't cost me money because I want to spend money on it. And I should just be able to figure this out myself. It's not that hard, you know, go walk, go, you know, get on a stationary bike, go, you know, whatever. So anyway, this year in December, as I was kind of, I was releasing all kinds of stuff. I've just let so much stuff go in December. It was great. And somehow in doing that, because, you know, whenever you let things go, it opens up space for new things to come. And you don't necessarily know, you know, what your unconscious is in there, you know, cooking up for you. So as I freed up some space from some other things that I, you know, emotional baggage and stuff I didn't need anymore, all of a sudden I had this thought. And I had this, this kind of started in fairness to me, this started about five years ago when I took a class, I made myself go do something aerobic. And I was at this point willing to pay for something, although I hated that I was paying for it because I felt like I should be able to do it myself. But I took a rowing class um, and we used TRX bands. These, those are, they hang from, uh, like the ceiling and you can do resistance work with them just kind of using your own body weight. And I kind of liked that class. And I remember I told the instructor when I was struggling with some move she wanted us to do on the TRX bands, like I'm not going to be good at this or I can't do that because I'm not athletic. And this instructor looked at me and she said, "Mm, you know, Brenda, why do you say you're not athletic? And I said, well, I just, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't have an athletic body. Like, To me, this was like something I accept about myself. I'm just being authentic. You know, this is not my thing. And she said, hmm, I'm not really sure that's the case. You look like you have a pretty athletic body and you're pretty strong for somebody who hasn't been working out. So that probably planted the seed. But I did that rowing class for probably six months, maybe, then quit and haven't done one damn thing since then. So (laughs) other than walk on the beach. But I'm strolling on the beach when I'm walking on the beach. Let us not kid ourselves about any aerobic exercise I'm getting out there on the beach. So anyway, fast forward to this December and I'm like, oh, I'm not athletic. I think that's actually not true because even now, five years later and going through the most stressful time of my life, which is so hard on your body. And, you know, I just I'm in fact, by the time you hear this episode, I will have turned 61 and you know, so the older I get, the harder all that is on me and the harder not doing stuff is on my body, the more I feel it, I guess I'll say. And I was like, I suddenly in December, I was like, I don't think that's true. And I'm ready to do something about it. And then at the same time, sort of that same awakening that, wait a minute, why have I been telling myself all these years that it's silly for me to spend money 
to get help with my physical health and well-being, you know, to hire a trainer, to join a gym, to go to classes, you know, so you have that accountability and instructor there to help you and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, all those stories I told myself for all these years and all that shame I, you know, put on myself, it was so obviously ridiculous. And I realized, oh my gosh, I've been such a hypocrite because I'm often talking about how people, how we need to normalize spending money and hiring help, we'll call it a coach, me, or a therapist, or, you know, whoever, a different coach, everybody doesn't have to hire me. Um, But to hire somebody to help us with any sort of, you know, emotional health issue from the most dramatic things of depression and all those kinds of things, lots of, you know, really high anxiety and things like that, to the more, you know, whatever, maybe milder forms of just I'm tired of how this limiting belief is affecting me. I know I keep attracting the same pattern of behavior with other people and how I respond to them, the people pleasing part, you know, all these things like, okay, I'm realizing I'm doing that. I need to prioritize hiring someone to help me change that. I talk about that all the time. I've always been willing to do that, even at times in my life. I mean, the first time, one of the first times, not the first time, but one of the first times I got into therapy on my own, not marriage counseling. I'd done that a couple of times. We were totally broke. When I went home and told my husband, because I had a like an intake appointment with her. This was back in the days of, you know, a lot of face-to-face stuff. And she was in my local community and we had our first session, or maybe it was just a first session. I hadn't told my husband, I can't remember. Anyway, (laughs) I really liked her and I'm like, okay, I'm going to work with this person. And so I went home and told him and I don't remember, but I think she was like a hundred dollars or something. And this was, oh my gosh, this was 25 years ago. Okay. Uh, Maybe a little more anyway. So a hundred dollars a session, you know, with a fair amount of money. And it was a lot of money to us. We had four kids. Our youngest was only two. So my oldest was nine and we were super broke. My husband wasn't very, uh, making very much. We were super broke and no way did we have a hundred dollars a week to spend on therapy. Like, you know, as far as affording it, but I knew I was in bad shape. I was depressed or as depressed as I've ever been. And I knew I needed help and I was willing to prioritize, like, I didn't care if we charged it all, if we couldn't really couldn't afford it. We had open credit on our credit cards. And I said to him, my metaphor at the time when I was talking to him about it was, listen, if I had a brain tumor, we wouldn't be discussing whether or not I'm going to go to my next doctor's appointment to see what to do about it. We would be doing it. And that's how important this feels. So I have always felt that way in my mental health and through my year ever since then, I have almost always either been seeing a therapist or had at least one coach, if not a couple coaches that I'm seeing on a regular basis, or, you know, sometimes it's just a coach I call when I need one or two appointments or whatever, but I am always willing to spend money on my mental health, my personal spiritual, you know, development, 
even when I'm super broke, it just doesn't matter. Sure, it's easier when I'm flush with money, but it doesn't matter to me. I will charge it if I have to, because I know if my mental, emotional, spiritual self is not okay, my life cannot be okay. So I realized so clearly when all this hit me in December and when I thought about, because I have a gym near me and my kids got me a guest pass so I could go with them to a spin class. And I loved it. It was so much fun. I was, I worked so much harder than I would have ever done on my own if I had just gone to my own gym here and my apartment complex and gotten on the elliptical or whatever. You know, I worked so much harder in the spin class because you have this, you know, instructor who's encouraging you and, you know, taking you on this journey. And I went, you know, and so I was like, oh my gosh, what a hypocrite. Here I've been encouraging people to spend the money on their emotional, spiritual, you know, mental health. And I haven't been willing to do that for my physical health. So here's my challenge to you today. I'm in, I am all in. I have joined this gym. I'm going to spin class a few times a week. And as I've taken, because what happens is when we take these positive movements, when we invest in ourselves. So any of you who have been listening to me for very long know that I talk a lot about how as people pleasers, one of the you know biggest trademarks of being a people pleaser is we prioritize what other people need over what we need and that's in time that's in energy that's in resources that's in money that's in all kinds of things so to prioritize yourself to put yourself at the top of the list so to speak and to say you know what i'm going to spend money to take care of now i'm spending money on both my emotional, spiritual, you know, health, working with a coach and my physical health, joining this gym so I can go to these classes and have these instructors who are helping me. There's nothing more important than that for spending money on. I mean, there's nothing, a new outfit. It might feel good for five minutes, but it's not going to take me nearly as far as a gym membership that I use you know, or coaching sessions that I go to, you know. Um, So that's one of the good things, you know, when you're paying for something, it sort of creates an accountability because you don't want to waste that money. So when I have a client buy a package, I know they're committed to showing up. Like my most popular package is a 90-day, nine-session package because for most people, three months and those nine sessions spread out over three months with some support in between ends up being a really nice sort of container to start really making some progress. And for some people, the 90 days is enough. Some people want to go another 90 days afterwards, because obviously it took us years and years to get where we are. It takes more than five minutes to, you know, start to change that. And, liberate ourselves to the freedom we're looking for. So people oftentimes will, you know, get another 90 days, but it's paid for, you've done it. And so it's so much easier to just keep showing up to keep that momentum going than when somebody is just buying one session at a time and sort of, if I feel like it, I'll go. And if I want to cancel, I'll cancel. And so I don't work with people that way unless 
um, you know, it's a returning client who just wants to check in on something. But the same way, if I had to pay each time for my cycling class and wasn't committed, you know, I just paid as I went. I would talk myself out of it 90% of the time to save that 30 bucks or, you know, whatever a single class would cost me if I wasn't a member. So there's a great little internal setup for yourself to say, no, when I'm, when I'm paying for something, I'm going to, I'm not going to waste that. I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, And so that helps too, but I want you to think of something right now that you, it would really improve your life for you to make some forward movement on, or if that's the way you think of it, or to be able to let go of something. Maybe you have a belief like you're not athletic or you're not you know, good at something, or you can't earn ever so much money. Like you've got your own little glass ceiling in your head, or you can't start your own business because fill in the blank, or you can't go look for a job that's better suited to you or to work with people who value and appreciate what you're doing and will pay you what you're worth because fill in the blank that fill in the blank is your limiting belief. Like my, I'm not athletic. And it's possible that you've been saying it to yourself long enough that like me, I had come to believe that that was just my authentic self. I wasn't, you know, nothing like I have purple hair right now. It was just something that was true about me. And I didn't question it for a long time. And then now here I am. I I mean, I cannot tell you how completely different. There's no willpower about me going to the gym anymore. There's no, it's not something, you know, I make myself do, or I've talked myself. I want to, because I am challenging this belief that I'm not athletic. And I'm actually believing that I am. I am an athletic person who has never, you know, kind of taken that part of herself out of the suitcase her whole life. And so it just changes everything. That's why I always talk about liberation and freedom, because this is the freedom. And of course, as my body gets stronger and more powerful and healthier, that's going to be more freedom and more extra loveliness. But it's just the it's the liberation of making a decision from that place. It's really from a new paradigm is is what it is. And that is so huge that even though there's still the work to be done, I have all the classes, the cycling classes and whatever, you know, to go to. That's the easy part. The hard part was the paradigm shift. So I'd love for you to think of something right now that you can at least imagine or you would be willing to play with. Maybe this isn't true about me. Maybe something could be different. And actually, stay tuned for next week because next week's podcast, I'm going to dive into this a little deeper for that idea of how to break through something that you've been thinking is who you are. It's just who you are. It's the truth of who you are. When maybe it's actually a conditioned way of being that you've just been for so long and has been so encouraged by culture, society, your family, whatever, your friends, any of that that creates our culture, that you believe it's who you are. And then how do we start to get curious enough to challenge that, to see if that's really true and allow ourselves the opening to say, well, what what if it wasn't? What if that's not who I am? 
and I was really, you know, something else, what would that be like? So that's what I'm going to talk about in our next episode. But for now, just think about something the way I used to say that and believe with all my heart that I was not athletic, that you've got like that. And think about opening that. How would your life be different if that wasn't the case? And maybe part of that challenge is where like I was self-shaming to go get help in the physical arena. Maybe for you, it's how could I get help with Brenda or someone else to question this belief about myself that I can see isn't really serving me? Because here's one of the keys like that belief about my body, one of the reasons that started making me question it is I know it's not good for me to not take care of my body really physically, you know, even though I'm not doing anything to particularly beat up on it or be abusive to it, our bodies are something that need to be cared for. So this idea that I had this belief that was keeping me from really caring for my body was kind of my first indication that, wait a minute, this is probably something that's not serving me anymore. And those things that aren't serving us are the things that our soul is inviting us to change, you know, to look for that liberation in. Um, So think about that. And I'd love for you, of course, in the show notes, there's going to be the link to book a 15 minute call with me if you want to explore working with me or whether, you know, the issue you're thinking about would be something we could work on together. If I'm not the right coach, or it doesn't feel like the right time, I will tell you that. Um, But I would love to explore working with you if you are ready to open up into a new paradigm and a new version of yourself. So thank you for joining me on this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Here's my invitation to you. Keep loving yourself enough to stay on this inner journey of liberation. And the good news is you don't have to do it alone. None of us do. So I hope you will continue to connect with me. I would love to have you post a five-star review on whatever podcast outlet you listen to the episode on today. New episodes come out every week. You can find me on Instagram at Brenda Florida Coach, on Clubhouse as B Florida. You can click the link in the show notes for my free resources and other information. And last but not least, you can book a connection call with me and we can explore whether or not now might be the right time and whether or not I am the right coach for you to help you on your journey of liberation. I can't wait to connect with you.